Guys, welcome back to another episode of SoCal Watch Reviews. I am Miguel. This is episode 21. On the line, we got P and Fred. How's it going, guys? What's happening? Yo, what's good? It's your boy P. Ross back in the building. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> now, one of you gentlemen want to introduce our, our special guest today? I think I introduced the last guest, so Pete, you do the honors. Pete? Yo, right now, we have a very, very, very special guest. He just reached 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. Congrats. The great and never late Average Joe Watches from the Average Joe Watch Reviews channel. Straight from Philly. All right. How's it going, Thank buddy? Thank you, guys. Shout out to Philly. Man, the coolest talking YouTuber introducing me, man. That was... Uh... <laughs> That was I'm I'm glad it worked out that way. That that was definitely not scripted. So thank you so much for that. The coolest YouTuber, wow. The coolest talking YouTuber, wow. You're the coolest talking YouTuber, man. I'm telling you, you're oh, the Bob man. Ross of, of of YouTube. Oh wow, oh wow. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, he's just smooth. He just he just he just talks. He is very smooth, man. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> cool. So hey, thank you so much for uh, jumping on with us. Do you want to? Uh, tell the listeners a little bit about you, about you. Maybe a little bit about uh, your collection. A little bit about your channel. Or like P said, you just hit a thousand subscribers. Congratulations! That is the goal of all YouTubers to hit a thousand, and then so on and so forth. But yeah. Well, first and foremost, I just want to thank you guys for having me on the channel, man. You guys, uh, you guys are awesome. I've, I've actually listened to some of your um, earlier podcasts and. Uh, you know, you guys do good work, and uh, you guys are you guys are not far behind, man. So, um, you know, keep 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 hustling. But uh, just a uh, an average Joe living in the suburbs of uh, good old Philadelphia here in the eastern uh, hemisphere of the United States. Uh, just uh, celebrated my forty second birthday. Congratulations! Yeah, Congrats. thank you, thank you so much, and uh, I'm expecting my first child in less than a month. Oh, we oh, wow. uh, Congrats! Oh my gosh, there's so yeah. much excitement going on, man. I mean, I think I don't think you guys have enough time to to hear all the great things that are happening. So I will keep it short. I promise. <laughs> uh, but on the side, I like to do stock trading. Um, I, I'm I'm huge into stocks. I'm I'm big into investing. Uh, I believe everyone should uh, invest their money in one way, shape, or form. So it's become a, uh, a, a little bit more of a hobby to me, um, but it's something I'm really interested in. Um, and, and just a uh, kind of a quick fact that most people don't know about me is that I used to be an avid uh, landscape painter. So when I used that Bob Ross uh, uh, innuendo with uh, Mr. P over there, I uh, I actually used to – Used to paint just like Bob Ross, so uh, I'll have to mm. uh, I'll have Ross. to uh, show you guys some of my work uh, at a later time. Um, but I also used to be into cars. Uh, unfortunately, I used to do some street racing. Um, I hope there's no cops listening in, but uh, that was back in the day. Uh, I've grown up since the Fast and Furious days, and mm. uh, I don't do that stupid stuff anymore. But uh, <laughs> I used to modify my car and uh, 
entering into the car show, I used to have a uh, 3000 GT. I don't know if you guys are uh, mm-hmm. old enough to know what that car is, but that's, for Miss, that's basically the Miss, from Mitsubishi. Yep. Uh, it was just a beautiful car, but it was as slow as you know what. So, um, <laughs> but you know, I thought that I was, uh, driving a Ferrari back in the day, you know? So, um, but yeah, that's just a little bit about me and, uh, you know, just, just who I am as a, as a person. That's awesome. What about your so, collection? So, I, we see diversity in there. I mean, you got your bright lean, but then you have your Orient Bambino, right? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm definitely not what you call a watch snob. I, that, that's that's pretty much why I think I had the name Average Joe because that's what that's really what I am. Um, you know, my collection stems, as you said, from from a Breitling or an, an Omega, you know, to as you said, an Orient Boulevard. Boulevard is one of my favorite brands, along with Seiko. Um, to mm. be honest with you, um, I own multiple Seikos, multiple Boulevards. I think they're they're designs. On, more on the Boulevard side is my favorite, but on the Seiko side, I think their movements are absolutely bulletproof. Uh, to me, the Seiko is like a Toyota Camry. Um, it's just such a reliable watch, and you, you just can't beat the loom for, for the price tag. Mm-hmm. Man, the Super Luminova they use on that is almost just a smidge under my uh, Omega Planet Ocean. And you know how much you're paying with that watch. So Seiko, you're getting a total bargain. So, um, and I actually, uh, just to let you guys know, I just ordered a $20 watch off of eBay. It's Mm. one of those backward watches. Uh, So the watch actually moves in the opposite direction, counterclockwise. The numbers are counterclockwise. And I think that's probably going to be the one watch that's going to get the most attention more than any $1,000 watch in my collection. So hmm. I can't wait to show you guys that one. Yeah. I'm excited that's to see it. Cool. <laughs> that's cool. Well, I, I, you, you, I didn't even know you're a painter and a street racer. So I, I used to do the same things. Well, I'm, I'm still kind really? of an artist, but I'm not, I'm not into realism. I'm more of the abstract realm and graffiti. So that's, that's, my, that's my cup of tea right there. Uh, and then as far as the 3000 GT, now correct me if I'm wrong, was that a Mitsubishi? Yes, sir. How was that different than the Dodge Stealth? Was it the same? It has actually the same engine, mm-hmm. the same interior. Um, the only difference was the Stealth was made by Dodge. And Dodge pretty much just did the the exterior Were they differently. Both, weren't they supercharged? My, my completely. Supercharged, uh, no? There was a twin turbo version with 320 horsepower, um, and it was a quick car, uh, but it was very heavy. Mm-hmm. So, like a car like a Toyota Supra was definitely the more popular version. And as as you guys know, even today, the Toyota Supra can sell for well well over a hundred thousand dollars. Yep. Whereas today, you buy a three thousand GT, you can get one for a couple thousand dollars. So, yeah. Or yeah. even an RX-7. I mean, those things are definitely expensive, but they're, they're pretty cool cars. Were always expensive, the, yeah, the rotary mm-hmm. engine was definitely uh, top technology back then. That was something really different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super cool, man. Well, um, that's awesome. Thanks for your origin story. So what, how, what got you into watches, though? You know, back when I was a child, I remember just being a – just a, really like around eight – nine years old going into uh like the five and dimes i don't know if you guys remember those mm-hmm. but uh yeah like i used to go with my grandmom and um 
I was always gravitating to the the watch cases, and you know, I just remember buying my first ten dollar watch, and I was just like, I thought I was wearing a Rolex. Like, I mean, <laughs> not that I knew what a Rolex was back then, but the watch just made me feel like I don't know. It just gave me this feeling of power. I don't know what it was, but even from back in the day, it just I was always drawn to those watch cases. So that's really the origin of my of my obsession with watches. <laughs> okay. So what took it to the next level though? I mean, it must have been something when you were older that you're like, all right, I'm gonna start really getting into watches like heavily. Uh I think it was more of a uh, an emotional component. Uh, I remember as a youngster, uh I was with my parents and you know, we were middle class and I remember my dad looking at this boulevard. And I he, I think you can see the tie here with the boulevard with my yeah. uh my my love for boulevard, but he was looking at that watch, and he's like, oh, man, I really would love to have this watch. And my mom's like, well, we really can't afford it. Um, but I remember, I remember the look on his face. Like, it was just like, wow. Like, like he just saw uh, just the most valuable thing in the world. And I think that emotional component has stuck with me. Like, because I always, I always looked up to my parents, and they were always like, you know, um, just, just, just huge. They met, they meant a huge amount to me in my, in my childhood and even to today. And the fact that, you know, I went through that experience, I think that carried me into my obsession and my collection of watches. So what, what was that turning point for you then that you're like, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. You know, I used to watch a lot of, uh, YouTubers and because, what I would do is I would, I would, I would basically, before I would buy a watch, I did a lot of research. Um, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm getting a good value, but I wanted to see what other people's opinions were. And the only way that you could really see a watch without actually holding it and touching it is by having someone else do a review on it. So I used to watch a whole bunch of reviewers on, on YouTube. And, you know, I think the, the bell went off in my head one day saying, you know what? I have a collection of 30 plus watches. I could totally do this and I could put my own spin on it. And I think that's what, that's what happened back in May of 2018. I did my first watch review and uh, I said, you know what? I, I really enjoy this. I'm really comfortable doing this. And I just kept going and going and going. And man, here we are today on this humbling day, you know, uh, still going strong. So, yeah. It's super cool. Super cool. I, I, I like the fact that you said something pretty interesting that um, your father's look on his face and kind of his desire to, to get something really influence what you did or what you like now. And I think obviously that's true for every human being, not necessarily with their dad, but with an influential person in their life. Right. So yes, me, absolutely. Me the, me the same. It's so funny. It's like, um, Bulova also is one of those brands that I, I I saw in the counter and I really liked the look of it and I got it as a gift when my wife was pregnant for Father's Day. You know, she surprised me with that and I was I wasn't expecting it because you know my son wasn't out of the womb, but she's like, yeah, you're a dad, obviously, you know. So here's your first Father's Day gift, and then forward a few years later when I saw my dad for Christmas and he gifted me his vintage Bulova off his wrist, which I didn't even know he owned. And then I was like, okay, I know a lot of people clown on this brand and they, you know, say they're too big and loud and this and that, but they have a rich history and they, they are pretty at the end of the day. I mean, they're really cool watches, you know? So absolutely. So, yeah. It's cool that you, you, 
have that same sentiment, you know, about a specific brand. And I'm sure if that brand was Citizen or if that brand was so Rolex or whatever, then that would be the brand for you, you know, it's just different reasons. Well, like you guys said in an early episode of uh, one of your podcasts, it's it's not about what other people like, but it's what you enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. And I re- I really That's appreciate it. you guys saying that because I say that all the time to people. Like, don't be a watch knob. If if it makes someone feel good about themselves, so be it. If it's Invicta, hey man, I know P. You got a huge collection of Invictas. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody, yes, man, but you know what? To oh, you, yeah. you, it makes you feel good. You know, and, and other people would agree with you, but who cares what other people think? Oh, yeah, no doubt. No That's doubt. how you feel. No yep. doubt. Yeah, sounds good. So we got some pretty interesting topics we're going to talk about. Somebody wants to kick it off about Wolgary. Fred, well, another one bites the dust. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest, I'm not that surprised. So Wolgary uh, pulled out of Basel World. Mm-hmm. I'm, I was actually surprised that they were still in it. I thought the LVMH <laughs> had already left. Um, because they had, you know, their like big watch event, what two January, you know, right? Three, yeah, three, four weeks ago, they had their own watch event, and I thought I just for some reason I didn't even know they were still in by the wall. But so do I, we do do we believe the reasons why they left? Because <clears throat> I was going to ask the same. I was going to ask the same thing, P. The global travel uncertainties in light of the uh, coronavirus. I think that's a convenient. And convenient very, excuse. <laughs> and very, it's a very, it's a good way to get good PR, and you know, have people saying, "Oh, look, the guy's being so responsible." Right. But like, I feel like they were doing it anyway. You know, it's it's like, it, it's like you know, if there's like I don't know, a, a party or a dinner you don't want to go to or something like that, and you're just like, "Oh yeah, you know, um, the coronavirus." Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah, really regret it though, but uh, yeah, got to be responsible. Um, but no, I'm not in the least bit surprised. Uh, they already released some great watches like under a month ago. I don't know if they had any, I don't imagine they had anything left to sort of release. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the rest of the LBMH group, Tagoyer, Hublot, and Zenith pull out as well. Um, because there's no point, like you see more and more that uh, watch brands are just sort of doing their own thing, releasing at their own pace. They don't need to be um, sort of uh, what sort of uh, like anchored or like hooked to like just one event for the whole year. They can put things on their own at their own pace and also manage it in terms of like distribution as well. If you think of like how many watches like come out in Basel World and then you don't see them for months and months and months in the stores. So I'm not surprised. What do you guys think? Hey, guys, do, do you think that um, this has anything to do with or, or do you think you can uh, correlate it with uh, the Swatch group back in 2018 um, and, and what they did? They weren't very happy with, uh, with, with management and, and, re- and resistance of changes. Like, I, think um, the yeah. I think the future of these things is going to be the big groups are going to be spinning off and doing their own thing. Richemont already pretty much does its own thing with SIHH or now Watches and Wonders. Um, like you say, Omega and Swatch Group last year they didn't attend Basel. They did their own thing over the course of the year. Um, this year LVMH already kicked off with their LVMH Watch Week in Dubai. So I think the future is gonna is gonna be we're gonna see the big groups splinter off and do their own things, and then I think Basel World is just gonna turn into Rolex World, pretty much. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. Grand Seiko canceled their <coughs> event too, right, Fred? 
I know they were going to have like a summit and they're going to cancel it. Uh, yeah. So when, when was that supposed that, to go down? Um, I'm not sure actually. Mm. I have to double check on when that was supposed to be. But um, but yeah, like they're not the first ones to sort of cancel on things, especially like now because like one of the big issues as to why um people are canceling and using coronavirus as an excuse is that um is that obviously like they have a lot of people traveling, a lot of press, and that's a lot of people internationally in a big room, pretty much. So the concern is that obviously if you have one person who's contagious, it spreads, and also right. because they're largely trade shows. And China is one of the biggest, if not the biggest markets uh, for watches. And it's also coincidentally right now where the most, the highest concentration of the coronavirus is. Obviously, there's big concern. You don't want to be spreading to more people and all that. So it's, it's an interesting thing, though, seeing how like something like a flu outbreak can affect even the watch world. You would think they'd be totally unrelated. Right. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. However, YouTube still seems to be very happy to keep going on with their predictions. And oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. about <clears throat> so early. Like, I think I saw the first predictions coming out in, like, mid-January. I was like, fuck, isn't Bubble World in, like, April? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, people need subscribers and they need clicks. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, speaking of... Um, we've seen a few videos, or I guess you guys have seen a few videos for predictions. Yeah. So you guys want to kind of go around, talk about your favorite predictions or your own predictions or see what you guys think. Just based off of what I've seen on some uh, YouTube videos, uh, it looks like the integrated strap is going to be coming back. Um, the only integrated st- strap that I have in my collection is the, uh, the fossil big tick. And that was from like 25, 30 years ago for me. Um, so that'll be an interesting, uh, thing to see. And then I also, uh, I also noticed that the blue dial is coming back to a lot of the bigger brands. Uh, blue is like the new black. So, um, there are the two interesting ones that I saw, um, through, through my, uh, through my YouTube viewing. Okay. Fred, Pete, uh, Pete, go ahead, man. Uh, well, I was looking at, uh, I was looking at some where they were saying uh, the production of the the Hawk, the Rolex Hawk, is gonna cease, but also a new Submariner, supposedly, um, which I think is very interesting. Uh, they're calling it the Super Case or something like that. The Rolex eleven six six one zero, I think it is. Yeah, that's that's the current one. So yeah, like. That one has been around since 2008, if right. I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah, then 2008 was the was the Smurf, and then the steel versions came in 2010. Right, right. So it's it been around for a while, and it is and like they're still using the old movement. They're still using the 3135 from the previous Gen 1. Like, that movement came out in 1988. So right. it's definitely at least do for a movement upgrade, if not a full-on upgrade. I'm not sure what else they would do to it visually. Um, and as for them saying they're going to discontinue the Hulk, they could. But right. at the same token, it's like, I think people have been speculating the Hulk would be discontinued pretty much every year since it started getting hot. I almost feel like it's probably just people who own Hulks 
want it to be discontinued just so they can charge even more for it. Right, um, right, right. Gain in value. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I've thought a lot thinking maybe that they will replace the sub this year, but I realize that we're only three years out from another anniversary, which I think will be the... It was 1953, so 2023 would be, what, 70 years? Right. So I feel like maybe they might hold out and just release it in 2023 instead. Or they could just start the line with, like, a precious metal this year or next year. And then, like they did with the previous gen, do the anniversary model on the actual uh, anniversary year. So, yeah. yeah, I've seen a lot of that. One interesting thing I saw on um, is this YouTube uh, channel called ID Guy. Um, he normally just talks about sort of like the design aspect of a lot of these watches, and um, he actually did a render of a uh, of a Daytona with um, with a proper filled in panda dial, so with the fully blacked out sub dial, sub dials as opposed to just the ring. I thought that actually looked pretty cool, and it's the type of sort of little incremental change that seems very Rolex. Because I tell you, I have a feeling that Rolex isn't going to do anything special this year. They're just going to do like a minor tweak here or there, but nothing revolutionary. What about uh, the Smurf, you know, because it came in all white gold? What if they make a steel version? <coughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they did something like that when they do release a new Submariner, because especially with everyone saying they're going to kill off the Hulk, you know, green for Rolex is usually an anniversary color. So if they did want to, they could remove green from the from the steel lineup, maybe bring it back in a precious metal for the anniversary. And you're right, you know, maybe do like what they did with the Pepsi. You know, for the longest time, everyone was asking for a steel Pepsi because it was always on the white gold in um, in the current gen GMTs. And then they released the new uh, the new generation of GMTs and had the the steel Pepsi. So they might do a similar sort of thing. They might take what was usually what was previously exclusive to uh, to precious metal, bring that into steel as a way to sort of launch the new line. So you might be onto something with that, Pete. Yeah. What I really want to see for the sub, I, I've never really been a fan of that maxi maxi uh, case. I just think it's too chunky. I really like the uh, kind of '80s uh, version of yeah. the Mariner with the, the slimmer line. Yeah, 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 for sure. And not only that, also the movement. I know they'll probably upgrade it with their uh, three two three five movement. I know it's another yeah. uh, another few uh, watches. So that's definitely would be something to see. I know the current movement has like forty hour power reserve, but that thirty two thirty five has seventy hour power reserve. So I don't see why they wouldn't do that, you know. But again, Rolex is in, in their own little like world, right? Like the they whole like to move at their own pace. <laughs> oh my goodness, to say the least. I mean, you got Grand Seiko and all these other companies just putting out crap and just moving forward and doing kind of listening to the people with these Rolex people. I mean, these companies just kind of <laughs> they do what they want, but it works for them, you know. Everybody wants them, so it's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. What about they uh, set the tone? They they definitely do, but uh, yeah, you know they 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 got the the whole watch thing dominated for sure. You know, like we talked about this before. You know, people <laughs> that don't know anything about watches, no to no uh, Rolex, but they don't know Tudor, they don't know Grand Seiko, they don't know Patek Philippe. Right. You know, AP, they 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 just don't know who they are. You know what I mean? So, what about uh, let's see, let's see. I know next year's the fifty year fifty year anniversary of the explorer 2 so fred do you think mm. anything's gonna happen this year they're gonna wait 
Uh, if they've got an anniversary around the corner, I don't think it would make too much sense for them to uh, to do something the year before. Mm-hmm. It would make more sense to like coincide that with an anniversary. It's the same reason why I think maybe with the sub they'll hold out. Just because they're so close to the anniversary, they might as well just wait and have the special occasion. But do um, you think for the sub they'll at least change the movement? Maybe just upgrade it? I think they will as part of a new generation. But we got to remember, like, the Pepsi, uh, the Pepsi GMT, that is still technically a new generation. You know, when they, we, when we say, oh, yeah, you know, last year they, uh, they just changed the bracelet on the, on the Batman. Well, no, they also changed the movement on it. It's part of the new 126 generation. So I think also they're not going to make a meteoric change in the same way that going from the, the 116710 to the 126710 generations, aesthetically, the main difference is just the bracelet. Um, I think it'll be a similar case if they do anything with the Samariner. They'll make it, they'll call it a new generation, but it'll be the most incremental of changes aesthetically. I can't even imagine, like I said, I can't even imagine what they're actually going to do to change it, if I'm honest. I think maybe it'll be just like new dial colors, perhaps, and then changing the movement on the inside, and then they'll call it a day. It's because they can't. They don't need to do anything too crazy. It'll sell anyway. Got it. Now, what's, the, to, what's the caliber of the Rolex right now, the Submariner? 31, uh, 3135. 31, 31, 35. No. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. 35. so they got the 3235 already in the Datejust, the Yacht Master, pretty much any sports watch that's uh, date and three hands, that's the 3235, except for the Submariner right now. What about an all-solid uh, gold Hulk? What do you guys think about that? I've seen that floating around. Mm. That's a lot of money. <laughs> Surely is. <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty cool. I mean, and it's different, right, for sure. Solid gold, and you got the Hulk, right? So green vessel, green dial. Looks pretty cool, I guess, in my opinion. I don't know. Since Fred did that comparison between the Hawk and that that Tudor, that Tudor man, like that Tudor, just killing it. Yeah, I don't know. Was it that? That's uh, just me though. It was it the, the special Harris. edition? Oh, the yeah, Harris. the Harris. The Harris. Yeah, but you the could Harris. only get that in London, right? It's not yeah. massively. You can't get it anywhere, so I mean, it's kind of kind of hard. That's true. That's was, true. Speaking it, of Tudor, what do you guys think? Black Bay all day? Or just gonna stick oh, with man. that? Oh man! Oh yeah. Did They'll you guys see that bronze? Did, did you see the bronze uh, case on that black black bay? Black bay? No bronze case. No. Which one on the the one with the smoky dial that they did was it last year? The year before? Um. So they have the uh the traditional like the red the red bezel black bay, but then they yeah. also have an alternative version of a. It's either a bronze or or is a copper? Oh no, it's bronze. It's bronze. It's bronze. It's bronze. Yeah, it's bronze. it is bronze. Yeah. Um, and, and the way it patinas, I mean, that is just something that you have to see to, to really appreciate. But um, mm. I'm on a fence on, like, which one I would get because I really – I do want a tutor to add to my collection. Um, but I still lean towards that that red that red bezel. I think that thing just pops. If but... you can, get one of the ones with uh, – the early ones with the ETA movement. Okay. The in-house movement ones, they're yeah. so thick. Like, I had a Black Bay Chrono – for just under a year i thought i could handle it but it's just annoying how thick it is like, really yeah i think like it'll be thicker than your um than your planet ocean because your planet ocean is with the 2500 in it right yes not the, yeah 
yeah, so it's similar sort of case. You, you know, once they upgrade the movements, they just made them bananas thick. It's great. Wow. Yeah. Wow, thanks. Yeah, thank you for that. How thick, Fred? Uh, <laughs> my Black Bay, my Black Bay Chrono was, I think, 15 millimeters. Whoa. That is thick. Yeah. 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 That's Invicta thick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. What about, um, do you guys think, uh, I know they have their GMT, um, uh, what is it? The the GMT version, right? The Pepsi, I'm sorry. Do you think they'll introduce a Coke? The black and black and red? or? I think that'll be interesting. It'd be interesting if they do, purely because I think Tudor has more fun than Rolex. Rolex knows they could introduce a Coke, but they just probably won't bother. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Tudor decided to come out with something like that just to sort of say a bit of a fuck you to Rolex, just like when they did with the Pepsi the first time around. I always wonder what like the dynamic is between the two in terms of how much they can right? <laughs> That's so funny. I would love to see a Submariner, but I don't think they'll bring it back. I almost don't want them to. Why? Like, because, like, Tudor's done so well when they stopped just copying what Rolex did and putting a cheaper movement in it. Um, I think they're sort of making their own, they're sort of paving their own way now. It'd be nice. I think, I think if they keep doing, like, what they did with the 58, where they actually made it a little bit slimmer, I think if they roll out that movement into some of their other Black Bay watches, I think there's a lot of potential there. And also if they expand that line as well, because the 58 was released at the same time as the GMT. Didn't get as much hype, but now it's the 58 that's like the in-demand one because it's a more manageable size. Yeah, I have to agree that um, ever since they've uh, separated from Rolex, I think they, they really need to just really just kind of go on their own and, and, and get their own identity. So if they kind of go backwards and start to copy Rolex, you know, it's I think that would be a, a step backwards for Tudor as a company. Mm. Well, I really like that uh, Pelagos. It's actually a really, really cool watch. I love yeah. the all blue. It's almost like a Smurf, right? So. Yeah, and it's made full titanium. and has actually a really cool... It's got a spring-loaded clasp. So it, um, if your wrist expands, it actually sort of expands automatically without you having to adjust it. Oh, that's cool. I don't know. That's that. cool. Yeah. It's a yeah. little big, though. 42 millimeters. So it'll be nice if they, they do bring that Pelagos kind of like to 40. I think that'll, that'll yeah. hit the sweet spot in... It's a very cool looking watch, so yeah, no, that's super cool. So, all right, sounds good. So, sounds good. So, oh. what what companies are actually left at Baselworld besides Rolex? Well, I know there's like 500 companies. So, I mean, we're, we're I just mean, talking like about the big the, guys, the but... big ones, the big ones. Like what? But so you you got Rolex, Tudor, Patek. Mm-hmm. Those are the biggest big ones. I'm Patek. just looking at their site right now. Okay. They got Chopard, Track uh-huh. Warrior is still listed as there. Hmm. Hublot is still listed as there. Zen is still listed as there. Uh, Chanel, Bell and Ross, Oris, Booker, uh, Frederic Constant, Maurice Lacroix. And then you have a bunch of jewelry brands as well. So we got to remember, like, it's also a jewelry show. It's not right. just watches. Yeah. We just know it's um, And then you've got, there's tons of also smaller brands. <coughs> So it's still got a lot of brands there, but definitely it's not what it was even right. this time, what, two, three years ago, you know? So what would be the sleeper brand? 
Let's see, like, as in, like, you know, just an, an unknown brand that sort of just slide in there? Or? Yeah, kind of like a, a known brand, but don't nobody really fuck with like that. Like, you know. Uh, you've got, like, a Crivia, for example, which make crazy good watches, but they're very, very niche. Like, a Crivia uh-huh. is up there on, like, sort of F. Pijon level type of thing, you know, very high-end, high-complication, very low-volume type of things. Right. That's probably one brand that's, um, that is one of those, like, you have, if you know, you know type of brands. Is AP uh, still there or no? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they're still there. Hmm. Um, what about Oris? Oris is still there. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's Brightly? Brightly, no. They're not there. Mm. Is Brightly mm. doing their own show? Or I know they had some pretty big, re- big releases when they kind of redesigned that uh, Navi Timer, right? A few years yeah. back. Well, what happened to them? Are they going to do their own show? Or does anybody know? I'm not sure. They're not listed here. You, I would assume that if they were going to be in Basel World. Oh, but it might be maybe they, they're doing Watches and Wonders. Hmm. It's pretty interesting. That's... Well, guys, I, I actually have a pretty um, interesting parallel. Um, I was actually at the, uh, the Philly Auto Show, and for the first time, I saw two major auto brands not there, uh, BMW and Mercedes. Mm. Oh, wow. And it's very unknown as to why they weren't there. I, I think there's a lot of speculation, but... Um, I mean, do you, what are you guys' thoughts on these shows? Do you think that these companies are now thinking to themselves, hmm, for who, for what? Maybe we should do our own thing. Uh, do we really need these shows anymore? Because I'm kind of seeing that a little bit with Basel as well when Swatch uh, released that statement in 2018. Um, like, what do, you guys, what, do, what do you guys think? Is there, a, is there some type of parallel there? I think it's to the point to where, like, companies are realizing that they're wasting their time when – when uh so when these uh shows focus on more of uh the more popular brands mm-hmm. versus being equal and um focusing on everyone equally, you know what I'm saying? I think it's better too to have uh these companies split up like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, it's 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 good for everybody because look, when LVMH did their whole Dubai thing or whatever, all the focus was on that, right? But when we have Basel World, let's face it, let's be honest, who owns the show? Rolex. That's all right. everybody wants to talk about: Rolex, 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 and everybody just kind of in their shadows, and it's so annoying, right? So that's why yeah. everybody's starting to do their own shows. That way, everybody gets their own light and. I'm pretty sure it doesn't cost as much money as it does going to Mass World. You know what I mean? Right. Or, or even if it costs the same, at least the attention that they gain is is a little bit more than doing Mass World. It might be wrong, Fred. I think like y'all both hit the nail on the head. It's a way to make sure that they're not sharing space with others. You know, not sharing attention, but also like I think watch brands and maybe this is what happened with um. Uh, with BMW and uh, and Mercedes at that uh, at that auto show, watch brands are realizing, and a lot of companies are realizing that you don't even have to put on big physical shows anymore. You know, right. in in the world of social media and the internet, YouTubers, podcasts, all of it, like you know, the amount of exposure and bang for buck you get for doing shit online is exponentially higher than what you would at a trade show like this, and you're marketing direct to your consumer. It's not even just because Basel World is a trade show marketing to the intermediary. It's it's so they can sell to ADs, not to sell to the public. So 
I think that companies are starting to realize that they don't really need to do that on such a grand scale. They can just, you know, email their AD a catalog and then do their product launch, the marketing part of it, just do that all online. And it still has the same effect for spending a lot less or it'll have a much bigger effect for what they spend. These shows aren't, they're not cheap. Yeah. So they can do that's crazy. Oh, yeah. And it may be cheaper just for them to do their own show anyway. And they'd be able to show off more product. Right. So what do, what do you guys think then? Do you think uh, Basel World is just going to disappear? Or is it going to get smaller and it's going to transition to something like different? Or is it just going to become kind of like a Rolex show? <laughs> or is Rolex going to pull out and, and do their own thing? And furthermore, if Rolex does pull out of Basel World, I think that's pretty much it, right? So... <laughs> I mean, that would That's be interesting if Rolex did pull out. I think uh, it, it would be certainly maybe the end of Basel World if they pulled out. And I wouldn't be surprised if Rolex pulled out and started doing their own thing anyway. You right. Know? So, because it's not going to be as many people there for Basel World versus without other companies there. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled out. Hmm. Doing their own show, Fred. What do you think about that? You're the the luxury expert here. <laughs> um, I don't know. I got a feeling that probably Rolex, much like Ferrari does in Formula One, I think Rolex probably gets some preferential treatment in Basel World, and it kind of already is in many ways their own show. Like we said, like most of the hype and attention goes to Rolex by default. It's kind of theirs to lose. So I feel like they will probably just stay in Basel World until it turns into Rolex World. <laughs> like you know Rolex isn't about big bold change they'll just sit and let it just sort of happen on its own and I think it'll eventually get to that I think that eventually enough brands will drop out they'll just rename it to Rolex World or if not then I think the management of Basel World at some point is going to have to realize that they need to change their model maybe start opening it up a lot more to the public um, changing what the show is or changing what the spirit of the show is to breathe some new life into it I think that's probably what's going to end up having to happen for it to survive, if at all. Yeah, I think that's what the Swatch Group was actually doing in uh, the last year. Uh, I think they were basically doing a semi-protest because they didn't like the way the management was uh, was doing things with Basel World. So I think uh, I think you're right on the hitting the nail on the head there. Yeah, that's cool. Kind of worked out for them, but uh, but whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, to be honest with you, it's like. Like uh, Fred said, all the ADs don't really necessarily need to be there. Just get a catalog or they know where to order, and that's pretty much it, you know? And then as far as uh, getting things out there from watch companies, they could do it basically for free. Release it on Instagram, just send a bunch of information to YouTubers, and it would be a lot cheaper. And the the way, in my opinion, to reach the masses is uh, peer-to-peer, right? So not, right. you know, it's just the way it is, but... Yeah, it's interesting. We'll we'll see what happens. But uh, anyways, um, yeah, we're we're getting close to the one hour mark. I know we were gonna talk about uh, something more affordable, kind of orient, right, Average Joe? So I know you wanted to kind of uh, talk about. A lot of people love Orient, right? So a lot of YouTubers always give it a lot of hype, and obviously it is owned by Seiko, uh, well Epson Seiko. So they do operate independently from Seiko. And, and um, in my opinion, I think Orient has some really clever designs. And furthermore, a lot of the 
materials used are things that Seiko on their entry level watches are not even using, you know? So it's kind of cool to, to see Orient that way. However, the perspective from a lot of people is that Orient is inferior to Seiko. I, in my eyes, I don't, I don't see it that way, but what do you guys think? I don't think Orient is uh, inferior to Seiko. Um, I put them like all on the same platform. I just got a, uh, Orient um sun moon phase and that thing is like beautiful. You know what I mean? Like it's it's the quality is definitely better than a couple of Seikos I got in my collection. So you know. Yeah, I think the problem with uh Orient is that um <clears throat> the the advertising isn't there. I mean and also the following. I mean, you know, you, you kind of look at uh Rolex versus Omega. Um, and, and you have a lot of people that say that Omega is just as good uh, as, as Rolex, but Rolex gets all the hype, gets all the attention. Um, you know, with, with, with Orient, they don't have a Grand Orient like they have Grand Seiko. Um, that could probably help uh, that, that brand. But, um, you know, as P said, like, you know, the Orient and, and also you, Miguel, like the, the Orient's uh, quality is really there. Um, I own a couple of them. I own the Bambino and the Mako. And I'll tell you, uh, the Mako is be- nice. The Mako beautiful, is nice. beautiful watches, man. And 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 I have the green bezel, um, mm. man, for a hundred bucks. I don't know another diver you can get for a hundred bucks that has that type of quality and just it just looks so good. It's just uh, I actually did a video on my uh, on my channel, uh, the Mako, uh, the orange bezel versus my Planet Ocean. And it's a very controversial video because I'm comparing a hundred dollar watch to a five thousand dollar watch, and I think some of the opinions that I have on that on on that particular episode um, doesn't fare well to a lot of people. But I've I, I own them both, and the comparisons are actually surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't touch the movement. You can't touch the, the 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 decoration of the movement, the quality of the movements. I'm not even going there. But just from an aesthetic standpoint, I mean, you can't go wrong with that price point. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's why this whole watch community is so divided, right? You got your your people that just like luxury pieces, and you have your guys that only like affordable pieces. But then you got people in between that could appreciate everything. And Absolutely. I'm sure when, and I'm, I'm speaking for you here a little bit, but because I obviously shared some of the similar sentiments with you and views, um, you're not comparing them saying, hey, this Orient's better. Obviously, you know that it's not. But right. you're like, hey, how much of this uh, Omega <coughs> is based on <coughs> heritage or status that they're charging for versus the actual materials and everything else? That could be a right. lot of it. You know what I mean? So... If you really, that's why these comparisons uh, with different brands and stuff like that are always just like really, really fun videos because you're you're looking at it right, and it's like they both have sapphire crystal, they both have this, they both have that. And you're like, okay, where where's the disconnect? Why why is this one five five six ten times more than the other one? <laughs> right? What the hell is it? You know? Exactly. But uh, yeah, I don't know. And how many generations of the Bambino is it? Three, five, six. It's five. five. I think there's like five. Yeah, I, yeah, I think there's like five, at least five or six. Crazy. And th- don't they got an open heart version too? Yeah. It's, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bambino's cool, and I know we were talking earlier. Bambino's cool. My only negative feedback on the Bambino is the size. I think it's like 
41. It should be more in the 30s, and it should have a 20 millimeter lug width, and I think it would appeal to more people. But what you get for the money is pretty crazy, like 150, one something, and you get an in-house automatic movement, you know, I don't know, 40-hour power reserve, something like that. Uh, very different dials because there's different generations that appeal to different people, different colorways as well. You know, it's you got your stainless steel, you got your kind of gold-plated colors. So, yeah, it appeals to a lot of people. I've, I've never pulled a trigger on one just because I thought it was a little big for a dress watch. Cause what's the what's the size of your wrist, Miguel? Six inches, seven eighths. That's what six and seven eighths. So you're really close eights. to mine. Yeah. Um, go on my Instagram and take a look at. A, I actually have a couple pictures on my wrist. Um, I think you'd be surprised at how how it wears. I think it wears smaller than a forty one. I never actually tried one on my wrist, and I it, believe me, I, I want to get one in the collection just because I don't have an Orion in the collection. But I think before I get the Bambino. I really want to get the Kamasu. I, I've seen it. I know it's a new watch, and I think it's really cool. Um, so, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. And uh, I know Fred's going to get an Orient, too. <laughs> That's why he's been so quiet because he, mm-hmm. he doesn't mess with these kind of brands, man. I'm letting the experts speak, but I will say, I, w- I, will say, I did watch that, um, that comparison of the Mako and the Omega, and I was very pleasantly surprised with how much it held its own. Um, and that's like, and that's something that I, like, I can admire, especially on the entry level of seeing just how far these watches can get uh, without having to cost very much. So, but yes, I am leaving you guys to talk about about it because go on it for much longer than me. I have like the most surface level knowledge of well, of Orient. Here's the thing that that surprises me about Fred. So, and and, and it's cool that we got four guys on this call. So, as a watch guy myself. I always tell myself that I'm not going to buy another watch and I'm going to save for that grail piece or I'm going to save for something really expensive, right? And I just can't do it. It's like a drug. It's almost like as soon as I see a little bit of money there, it's like I just cannot contain myself. And it's like, <laughs> well, what? Okay, I have this much money saved. Well, what, what can I get for that money? And I start looking and I start looking and I start looking. And then I'm like, well, do I really need that more expensive one when I could just get this and I will scratch the itch? But I admire uh, Fred because he loves watches. And I know it's, it's he, obviously he's like one of us, but. He just doesn't pull the trigger on watches. I think he. When was the last time you bought a watch, Fred? Uh, August last year. My car how the hell did? How do you do that? I mean, <laughs> how do you go months without owning a new piece? Like, oh, because I usually can't afford the next piece I want, so I have to save for it. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you don't. Well, what is it about you that doesn't make uh, I've you? Always, I've always been good at, um, at like saving money for big shit. Like since I was a kid, you know, like I always would just wait. And buy something big and really cool instead of all the small, pretty cool things along the way. Mm. It's just my nature. Like I've always been able to just sort of wait for like the big payday, the big, the big prize at the end. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know, habit, discipline, whatever you want to call it. It's my nature. <laughs> you know, y'all, y'all don't know, but Fred is getting ready to do a Timex Weekender <laughs> review. Yeah. You let the cat out of the bag. I'm telling you, it's coming. We're going to keep talking about it. Fred going to be like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Let me get one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I hope it's it's, it's going to happen. I hope it's a Snoopy. I'll be tuning in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But Pete, I, I think to get one just to surprise all y'all, just get y'all completely right. Quiet. What? 
No, you would be really surprised if you get an Invicta. We would be. Oh yeah, that would be the end of the, the yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I sell my whole Invicta collection if you, if you got an Invicta. Like review one. I swear, if you got one, does, doesn't matter which one. Just get one. It, it, it don't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't Do matter. I have to keep it? <laughs> uh, you just no, have donate to, you it just, to Pete. You just have to review it. Yeah, I have to. I'll have just, to donate it to Pete. So just give it to Pete. Right, you just have to review it. You know what I'm saying? So, well, it's kind of crazy. It, I, I know we always clown on Invicta, and obviously yes. their designs, and it's just it's just crazy. But if you look at the old Invictas, they were actually really nice, like the vintage Invicta. <laughs> yeah, there is hardness nice. with them. They real nice. I lost the bid to a guy uh, on a vintage Invicta. Fucker. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> Uh-huh. All right. Well, Shit. speaking of uh, talking watches, we didn't even do a wristwatch check. Uh, average shows. What are you, what are you wearing? I am wearing the Breitling Headwinds with the uh, genuine silver dial. Very nice. Very nice. How big is cool. that guy? That one is a 43 oh, millimeter. Big boy. It's a big, uh, it's a big boy. And it wears like one, but it's a statement piece. That's super cool. Have you had it for a while? I've had it now for I'm gonna say <clears throat> probably about eight months. Oh, okay. I'm a I'm a big fan of the underdog and this watch, uh not a lot of people know about it or even heard about it. So uh that's what that's the appeal to me. The a watch that no one else is gonna wear. Um yeah. so I, I love this watch. It's one of my favorites. It's got the uh day date complication. Um you've got the uh the day of the week at the twelve o'clock position, and uh, I just I think it's a it's an awesome all around piece. It's a it's a workhorse, and uh, I could wear this thing working, uh, gardening, whatever it is, uh, mowing the lawn, and you're not, it's just you're not going to scratch it. You're not going to ruin it. It's just a it's a beast. Yeah, it's a good looking watch as well. Mm. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's, thank you. I like the those little like claw things that it has on the bezel. Um, that's really nice. The, the yeah, they, the twelve three you're, six nine. Yeah, they will get caught in your clothes though. So uh, oh, not, really? not, the, not the best of design, but um, I still I still love it. Do you mind if we ask if you got a brand new pre-owned? Oh, I don't mind at all, man. Um, I'm I'm a big proponent of buying things secondhand. Yep, um, me too. Let let the person take the. Uh, let the Fred value. Let Fred take the hit, and then we'll buy it. Let, yeah, let someone else take the hit, <laughs> and then I get a huge discount. I mean, I actually got this watch for you probably won't believe it, but I only got it for like uh, what was it, fifteen hundred? Mm. Wow. Yeah, bargain, bargain. What year is it, roughly? Uh, it is what did that two thousand and mm, I think it was around two thousand ten, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Wow. That's not bad. That's not. That's not bad. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not too old. No. Crazy. Guys, I'm assuming Fred's probably wearing his uh, his Cartier. Yeah. No. 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 I'm wearing. Uh, I'm wearing my Seamaster on leather strap. No. Okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give 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 him the Cartier a little break. How's the it had, like? It had a boost for a while. Like just because when I made the video for it, I was like fell in love with it all over again. But, how's uh, the how's the strap coming along for that guy? Uh, still like six weeks out. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, the the guy who's making it apparently has a lot of other ones. I mean, he makes them like by hand and all that shit, so it's not exactly a fast process. I just hope it turns out well. I hope it fits. Hey, Fred, is that like, the uh, Planet Ocean? Hmm? Uh, no, it's the Master 309. Nice. What colored, uh, what colored be- uh, bezel? Uh, black dial, black bezel. It's the the ceramic, so it's not the current gen. That's the previous gen with the um, just with the no waves, but black ceramic bezel. Sharp. I love this watch. This is what this is what got it all started for me. Yeah, can't go wrong with that one. Yeah, beautiful. Now I'm I'm curious to know what P's wearing. He always wears something different. He has so many watches. Pete's wearing my Timex. No, not <laughs> not not this weekend. Not this Invicta. Weekend. Invicta. No, 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 no. no. I'm wearing the Venice Hamilton Masterpiece okay. from Ooh. 1973, 18K gold field. Yeah, it's the bomb on a leather strap. So Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Hamil- Hamil- Hamilton's a great brand. Oh, yeah. Love them. Love them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's even more in love with them after he picked up his uh, khaki field, right? So. Lower hammer. Thanks, Austin. Give me strength. <laughs> um well today i know pete kind of knew about this but i didn't really tell many people and i'm actually doing a, a video and hopefully i'll release it pretty soon but for valentine's day my wife got me and by my wife meaning i bought it i picked it but she gave me permission to pull the trigger i bought this <laughs> 1960s uh gerard perigo so yeah. oh gold oh man yep gold two-hander uh, 30, 34 millimeters, 18 millimeter strap, super thin manual wine. Uh, yeah, 17 jewels. Wow. Super clean. It's just super clean. So yeah, Gerard Perigo, a lot of, a lot of people sleep on them, you know? Um, and it's funny, new Gerard Perigos are expensive as hell. I mean, they're in the thousands, yeah. right? But yeah, yep. this thing, uh, was not that expensive and it's, it's those vintage pieces. Like if you, you go and just look for them and that's something I want to, I want to kind of highlight, and you guys know this, but a lot of people, probably new collectors listening to this, uh, if you go vintage on something, you could get such a great deal just because people kind of forget about them. Some models, of course, you know, we're not talking Rolex and Mariner here because those are going like crazy, crazy money. But yeah, Gerard Perigo, I mean, there's so many other, even vintage Tudor. I mean, you can pick them up relatively inexpensive. Vintage Omega all day. I mean, uh, yeah. a new Omega, you're talking thousands, but an old school Omega, Seamaster or DeVille or Geneve or whatever, pick it up in the hundreds. And you've got yourself absolute. A, an absolute beast of a watch. Mm-hmm. Of course, water resistance is not going to be there. It may need a little service servicing and it may need a little bit of love but nonetheless you could pick up something really nice and i was i was kind of itching for another swiss watch because it seemed like as of late all i was doing was picking up japanese watches with seiko 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 then the pagani design chinese obviously i'm not keeping that doing it as a giveaway but nonetheless i just felt like all right, I need to get back into something Swiss. And I did a little bit of research. I'm like, well, what can I get? I was looking at Omegas. I'm like, I already have one. I, would, I may want another one. But yeah, Gerard Perigo. I was like, I've heard some good things about this. I know their new designs are a little controversial. But man, I mean, these these people, people that don't know who Gerard Perigo is, I mean, it's a huge, uh, or it's an old watch company. They actually go back to 1791. 
and uh, back in 1889 were awarded a gold medal at the International Exposition in Paris for their historic Turbion with three bridges. Am I reading that? Yes, I am, but it doesn't matter because I did my homework, guys. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got this written down right here for my video. Whatever, <laughs> whatever, guys. <laughs> but no, uh, owners of, of Gerard Perigo, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, Hugh Jackman, Quentin Tarantino. So yeah, I mean, people that know, know, and yeah, that's kind of what I'm wearing today, so... Cool. Congrats. Yeah, Congrats. absolutely. So, all right, let's talk other things. Uh, Average Joe's. This is the segment in the show where we talk about other things aside from watches, whatever you want to recommend, a movie, uh, food, whatever. Take it away, buddy. Well, I actually um, have, have – I'm a big sushi fan, and I actually tried making my own sushi and was very successful. Mm. Uh, doing so uh, definitely not a master chef but um, if you guys like sushi I would definitely uh, give it a try man I, the hardest part is just cooking that rice once you get that rice uh, to the stickiness that you need you guys uh, you guys are in business so mm. um, don't be afraid to try it but let me tell you something man it's a lot of work which is probably <laughs> why I'm still going out eating sushi because uh, <laughs> it is messy and it, it takes a lot of hours man so uh it was fun to do, but it's definitely one of those things where you can appreciate just going out and just having someone else do it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I tried Ooh. doing it once. Let's say I was better off just pouring the sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's funny. All right, all right. You've been into sushi for a long time? or? Yeah, that's actually something that I avoided for a very long time. And then I said, you know what, let me give it a shot. And uh, I've been hooked ever since, man. It's, I could eat that stuff every day. Um, it's just, uh, just something about it. It just, it's, it's so good. I don't know. Are you guys big fans? Yeah. I'm not, not really. Nope. No, no, not no. really. No. Oh, man. Well, y'all are missing out. Me and Average Joe are going to go get some sushi. Yeah, yeah well, me right, and Pierre are going to go get some tacos and burritos. What That's about? what's up. That's what's right? up. I, I'm a <laughs> big fan of that burrito. too, man. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of that as well. So, uh, yeah, don't forget my invite. It's not that I don't like it. I haven't ever had. I haven't had sushi before. Oh man! Right, man. If we if we all live close, we could all go for sushi. Just give it a give it a shot. I just like the California mm-hmm. roll. I don't like I don't like fish at all. So I know the that's what? that's entry level sushi, man. That's all I that's like. I, you know, I don't yeah. I don't like fish. I hate fish. <laughs> well, sushi's definitely not for you, then, man. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> no. I know. I tried oh, Korean barbecue. Maybe that was pretty prefer good. Raw than uh, than than cooked. You never know. Maybe Ugh. sushi is from go. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I mean, look, I'm not try it at least once. Yeah, of course. Look, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh no, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try that. And, and I'll try it. You know, I'll try it. But if I don't like it, then it is what it is. You know. But yeah. All right, Fred P. Well, I finished all six seasons. Star Wars, of Clone Wars, Wars. Yep, Star I Wars. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I finished it. <laughs> I am ready for season seven this week on the twenty first. That's um, it. Comes out on my birthday. It's like the oh, best yeah. gift George Lucas could ever give me. When is your birthday, exactly. Fred? On the twenty first. The twenty first. Uh, yeah. what month? This this of oh, this one. February. Wow. Oh Whoa. man, it's coming up. Yeah. And the Clone, Clone Wars. Yo, it's gonna be the yeah. bomb, man. I'm really interested to see how they uh. They integrate Revenge of the Sith into it because I don't think they can actually do it without bringing up some of that stuff that was in the movie. So, of course, because they're getting yeah. so close to it, right? Like, uh-huh. Chronologically, it's like just before Revenge of the Sith. So, right, 
So yeah, we'll see. Bad. And also, I tried a new coffee this week. Um, we have this big conglomerate uh, grocery store called Jungle Gems, where they have like different uh, nationalities of food and this and that. So uh, I went in the coffee section and um, I got a bag of Ethiopian coffee. Mm. Ethiopian coffee, right? Yes, and it is delicious. You know what I mean? I'm drinking it now. And it got me oh, lit. Oh, yeah. Use, like a, use a filter, French press, Nespresso? No, nah, filter. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So it is great. Free. Okay. Very cool, Fred. Um, I'm going to Dubai next week. Oh, mm-hmm. that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's kind of my other stuff. I bought my tickets day before yesterday. Yeah, day before yesterday. So that's kind of been my main focus, just start planning around that, figuring out what I'm going to do there and all that. I'm pretty excited. So I haven't been there since I was a kid. So so let me ask you something. You're, you're going for vacation or you're going for business? or I'm going for a visa obligatory vacation. Um, mm. My visa for India doesn't let me stay in the country for more than six months continuously. Mm. So I have to leave and come back. So I figured, all right, I'll go to Dubai. And yeah, that's what I'm doing. So I'm going just for four days. So just like over the weekend. Um, and and yeah, it should be fun. I reached out to a couple a uh, couple watch stores, see if they hit me back, see if maybe they want to lend me some watches. That'd be pretty fun. Um, and if not, then otherwise I'll just relax, go to the beach, enjoy some sun, see how much it's changed since the last time I was there. Like <laughs> Dubai is always like, different i remember when i used to live in emirates and i went to dubai like every month and like every month it felt like going to a different city so Mm. i can't imagine how much it's changed in the like well i left in 2005 so i can't imagine how much has changed in 15 years so i'm looking forward to that cool well, I'm looking forward to it too. So hopefully, you do a blog style video. I know it's not your your style, but it's super cool. I mean, I would love to go to Dubai. It's awesome, man. Yeah, people with a lot of money there. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not poor. They're not. Poor. You probably won't find a lot of people wearing Orients there. It's my guess. It's my <laughs> oh, no, guess. No, no. <laughs> I was just about to say a lot of watch collectors in Dubai. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think Watchbox, right? Am I am I wrong? I know Watchbox was there doing for like a week or something. They opened like their own store. Yeah, I think they had their own fun. store there. Okay, mm. that'll be cool. Well, go go. Maybe I'll bump into Tommaso doing the round. That would be cool. Hey, invite him to the show. Yeah. That guy's so wealth. Uh, it's just so much knowledge in that guy's head. It's amazing. Yeah, but uh, other things for me. So coffee, I get actually. So check it out, guys. I, I don't even know why I'm saying this. But yeah, I, I was feeling a little sick about a month ago. A little over a month ago, went to the doctor, you know, cholesterol came back a little high. So I, I definitely made a made a change in my diet. I haven't really t- taken care of myself for whew, going on maybe eight years now. Just been eating whatever I want to eat. And it definitely showed in my waist. <laughs> and not only that, but the, the way that I felt and everything. But yeah, I definitely made a change about a month ago. It just completely changed the way I ate. I don't work out, and I'm just going to be honest. And I know that's kind of the next step. But yeah, ever since I made the change, I lost 11 pounds. So definitely feeling a lot better, especially with, with my... That's what's up. It's, it's, it's tough. 
it's tough. We uh, we go places all the time to go eat out or whatever, and I see my wife, my son, other people getting like really good food, and I'm over here just. I will take the salad, or I will take the grilled chicken with the vegetables, and that's it. You know, it's a, it's okay. I mean, I don't hate it, but I want the cheeseburger. I want a hot dog. I want the junky food. I want the real Mexican food, and I, I can't anymore. But speaking of coffee, so I gave up coffee, and and the reason why I have a French press, and I've been doing French press for about six years now. But the problem with French press, maybe a lot of people know this, but there's something called cafestol. So cafestol is kind of something that comes with the with the grains of the coffee. So when you have an actual drip filter, it catches a lot of the cafestol in there. And then what you get is a little more pure coffee. Well, studies have actually shown that if you use a French press, it actually lets the grains more into your drink. And those grains have the cafestol. Cafestol actually gives you bad cholesterol. So mm-hmm. what I've been doing now, if I do want coffee, I have to get like a filter. I do my French press, but I pass it through like a filter when I'm putting it in my actual cup. And it's a pain in the ass, to say the least. But uh, yeah, I love coffee. But other things for me, I saw three things that impacted me this week. show called Free Meek on Amazon. So Meek Meal. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a good show. Such a good show. It just kind of, it was five episodes. And it basically talks about the justice system here in the u.s and how they're basically against black people you know and the poor guy you know i mean he got he got caught with a with a gun when he was young because he was in the hood and they basically put him on on parole and that parole lasted 10 years and every time he did something stupid even some just leaving for for a shoot right because he's this famous rapper so when he will leave and he didn't tell his parole officer they will call his ass back into court and throw him in jail you know and it was just it's so sad to see that they just once you're in the system you can't get out of the system and it's mostly very prevalent in black people so p i feel for your people that is like really messed up you know it's like where does this thing end you know we went from racism and and slavery to now something like this and really it's kind of the same form as slavery you know and it's it just really pissed me off because it's like well i'm not black but i'm a minority and it's like why are people doing this kind of crap you know what well, i mean the thing is it's never going to end i think i i, I really want to say uh that hip-hop culture has done more for uh the united states than the civil rights movement i think i think as like the hip-hop culture like people not just black people but like white people and all kind of different groups are getting into hip-hop that's actually bringing cultures closer you know what I mean? Um, and it's not going to be like my generation to do it because fuck, I'm 45. But I think it's going to be like the younger generation, like after I'm dead and gone, to actually... Because a lot of these old motherfuckers need to die, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of old people need to die. A lot of old people in Congress and in the Senate and in the House that's been there since the 60s and 70s, they need to die, get some fresh blood in there. People with a different mindset, you know what I mean? And I think the the hip hop culture is what's bringing all that together. You know what I mean? I'm more than the civil rights movement ever did. You know, that's just my yeah. opinion. So. Yeah. Well, getting political is like very, very difficult, especially because we don't even know who's listening to our podcast, and we always it, we 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 walk a fine line, right? And it's it's very difficult because all we talk about is watches. It's fun. It's dumb. It's 
nothing serious, but every once in a while we do like to bring some awareness. But yeah, anything anybody out there listening, just just be kind, you know, be kind to to each other. Don't don't be <laughs> don't be a right. snob, not just in the watch world right. and everything else. And then right. uh, other two things that kind of uh, I watched was Hustlers. So my, I don't know why my wife wanted to watch that movie, Hustlers. Oh, oh with J Lo. Yeah, with J Lo. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I was I watching, it, but it's definitely on my list. Yeah, yeah, great movie, great movie. Yeah, I don't know if you guys. Uh, so peace on it. Uh, obviously, Average yeah. Joe's and Fred. You guys haven't seen that movie? No, you guys recommend it? Yes. If you want to see Jail's ass and all her body and her glory, then watch it. But uh, to me, look, guys, I just I feel a certain way about uh, about certain things, right? So I don't know if it has something to do with my religious beliefs, which I think that's a huge part. Uh, but just that movie, just like really, just I didn't like it. I mean, it was all about like strippers and ass. It wasn't just about that. It was about uh, the, the, I'm not gonna give away the plot or whatever. But it was interesting. Something happened in real life. How they were doing something illegal they shouldn't have. But just the the, the start of the movie is just like, what the heck are we watching? It's like a soft corn, soft soft core porn, or, or what's what's going on? And is this kind of it's degrading to women, right? So I've been to a strip club, and I'll admit it once in my life, and never again. I was like, I was younger, I was like eighteen, and I just didn't. It wasn't my scene, and it just sad to see that women would go to that level to make money. And it's like, all right, or girls in porn too, you know? It's like, right? Why do you do that to yourself? Like you're somebody's daughter, you're somebody's sister. Like, you know. I'm, I don't know. It's just kind of an interesting thing. So I, I personally didn't really like the movie too much, and my wife didn't either. Uh, but yeah, if you want to see J Lo doing her thing, go go watch that movie. I guess. But, yeah. It's definitely a sight to see. Yeah, just, you're like she's how old? Fifty? There's no way. Uh huh. Fifty. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, and then the last movie that I saw last night uh, was Joker. So I finally got around to watching this movie a few episodes ago i i uh told p that i was gonna go watch it he's like oh it's gonna be so good check back with us let us know how it is so we went to go watch it in in the theaters and it was kind of weird because there was a lot of things going on here in the u.s about you know uh what a few years back right that guy that shot up the the Colorado the movie theater. The movie theater when Batman, yeah. one of those Batman movies came out. When the Dark Knight, I think. The Dark Knight, Knight, right? So there Dark was Knight. there was some controversy about like, well, this talks about mental illness, and there might be some crazy people doing this. So that was in everybody's mind already. So we went to the movie theater, and there was this guy, I kid you not, he was sitting by himself. He was wearing all black, and he had a little backpack with him. So fifteen minutes and I see my wife's kind of moving around and she you could, you could tell she wasn't enjoying the movie and I'm like, What's wrong? She's like, Oh that guy, I just can't stop thinking about what he may do or why he's here, you know. So it just kinda of made her uncomfortable and then it made me uncomfortable. So we're like, All right, let's just leave. So we left. So now we just watched it, right? But yeah, it was a great movie. I no wonder that guy won the uh Joaquin Phoenix won the, the Oscar for best actor. I mean, incredible. Yeah, he did a he did a really good job. Yeah, absolutely. Incredible, incredible. And, and and the saddest part is that it's the way that he was acting in the movie and so crazy. And if he didn't have his pills, he kind of went off the rails. Like, that's true. It's not a movie. Like, it's true, you know, and so scary. Real, real, so, yeah, real life. I really think it put a great spin on the Joker. Like, 
you know, like you actually, for me, I was actually for some reason rooting for the guy because everybody kept messing with him and beating him down and beating him down. And finally he said, I'm not going to take this shit no more. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it was a great movie. Yeah, I never been a huge Batman fan, per se. I mean, I I like the movies. I watched all of them, but I'm not a huge, huge fan. Uh, And and it's funny, we were talking, right, about, like, Gotham, and Gotham's, like, a rough city and everything. I never really saw that, right? And the the other Batman movies, I mean, it it didn't look that rough. But in this movie, they did such an amazing job. It's just, like, so, so beat down and so ghetto and just where he's living and the way he acts and some of the some of the twist in the movie and you're like what all right mm-hmm. <laughs> i thought it was great <laughs> but anyways that's it for me it's a lot of things <laughs> um so before we before we part ways average joe's uh, any closing thoughts well if anyone hasn't subscribed yet please subscribe to average joe watch reviews uh, i'm actually giving away a seiko on the channel for uh, my 1500 milestone, uh, which I hope happens soon, but I'll be announcing that this week on Instagram. So you can also follow me on there. Average Joe watch reviews. Cool. Very cool guys. Yo, it's your boy Pete Ross in the building. Ross wristwatch love everywhere. And just, 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 I'm gonna give y'all a part and gift right quick. You understand me? If you fall in life, the best thing you could do is to get back up. Amen. Amen to that. So true, so true. And to put a little Batman spin on it from uh was from Batman Begins. They said, Why do we fall? So we can learn how to pick ourselves back up. Oh, right on, right on, right on. Right on. So what do you think find you for falling analogy? <laughs> uh everyone can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn even. Uh, Shaluso, S-A-A-H. Sorry, S-H-A-H-L-U-S-S-O. Yeah, go support my man. He's almost at a 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. You're yeah. Like, there, like 988 or 900 and something. So just just go support him. Uh, guys listening, if you haven't already created some fake accounts, let's just help out my man out. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, why do you do that? Just create, like, 15 different Google accounts. No fake accounts on my subscriber list, please. <laughs> Because then YouTube is going to take them away, and it's going to be really annoying. You know what? Let me make sure. Let me see. Purple Underground. I think I subscribed to you already on my other channel. Let me see. Yeah, so P has a has a channel for you, for those of you listening. Purple Underground. They talk about Prince. Literally, the, the artist Prince. Like, the whole show is dedicated to that. And you guys got, what, like 6,000, almost 7,000 subscribers on that channel? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. One of your videos hit a million views. A couple of them did, yeah. A couple of his videos. Yeah. Oh, look at that! My channel. I can hear my team. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's here you go. Right there. There we go. <laughs> I just hit you up. Nine eighty three. There you go. There Purple you go. Nice. And Purple. I have no idea how YouTube like decides what to show people in terms of my subscriber number. Cause I'm looking at my dashboard and it says nine ninety. If I look at my channel, it says like it says nine eighty five. You just saw nine eighty three. Yeah, it makes no sense sometimes. <laughs> yeah, the the algorithm is yep. kind of crazy, man. And it, just like with my videos, like some of my videos get a lot of views, some don't, and it's this is weird. It's like, what did well, I? I mean, just like just like seeing the numbers. Well, the numbers alone, yeah, the metrics, yeah. Like like I'll look at the same metric on like my phone, my iPad, and my computer, 
and it'll show as different depending on which one is looking. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Uh, some people release videos and they have four likes and no views. So, yeah. you know, try to figure that one out. It's bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But, uh, yeah, well, speaking of YouTube, you could find me, SoCal Watch Reviews, uh, on YouTube. We are, since I released that video of the giveaway of the Pagani design, I've gained... Oh, like 150 new subscribers so every day i'm just getting two three four new subscribers it's been kind of insane but it's kind of sad at the same time too guys because they those people just subscribe for the giveaway and just comment on that on that thing and they don't really watch any of my other videos so it's like all right i, I see they're just here for the giveaway which is kind of what i didn't want to do i didn't want to bribe people to subscribing you know to subscribe to my channel i wanted it to be organic but i just got kind of fed up because i'm like look i'm not i need if i if i keep doing this and i keep doing this much work and, and this much effort i need to be rewarded by the number of views of people that i'm reaching and furthermore get rewarded with money right so i could keep buying more watches or other things you know but you know, whatever, just give away and it works and people are just subscribing. So that's what it is. So SoCal Watch Reviews, SoCal Watch Reviews on Instagram. And yeah. So anything else, guys? I think that's about no, it. Sir. Hey, guys, I just want to thank you so much for having me on, by the way. Um, very humbling experience. Um, I'm really uh, just really appreciative that you guys uh, had me on the show. So just want to just give you guys a, a shout out and thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime Great having you on the show, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and wish you the best of luck. I mean, you're already there. And, and you know, next time we speak to you, you're going to be at uh, 5,000, 10,000. So. Oh, thank you. You know what? This is the thing I love about uh, Instagram is that we are all friends and we all support each other. And, you know, when I made that celebration video the other day, like, I hope that you guys got a little emotional because I wanted to share exactly how it felt when you guys were pushing for me and reaching out to me and, and really just advocating for the channel. Um, because I, I got teary eyed, um, the, the support that I received from, from you, Miguel and P and, and, and just to so many other people, it was just, wow. Unbelievable. So, um, just again, thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure, man. And that, that's the way it should be really, you know, if, if we're all in this together for the same the same hobby and we love the same thing why not support each other you know what i mean that's at the end of the day your success equals my success and so on you know so yeah we're, we're not you know whatever <laughs> we're all we're all good we're in this together so and you know i can't leave out fred i'm sorry fred you you've been <laughs> you, you've been supporting me as well I'm, I'm, i apologize that's all good man that's all good <laughs> <laughs> no worries guys all right well thank you so much for listening to another episode this has been episode 21 with average chill reviews uh fred from shaluso p from uh ross wristwatch love i always have such a hard time saying that name <laughs> tongue twister there but for sure but uh but yeah and i'm miguel and uh yeah thank you for listening uh as always my friends stay humble mm-hmm.